You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. For this episode, I have in the room Ben, Hello. Adam, yep. Grady, and right. myself. This episode, we're going to cover Paulo Congo. Paulo Congo is the first album by Congo player Luis right. Sabu Martinez, featuring Arsenio Rodriguez and his brothers Raul and Kike. It was recorded and released in 1957 through Blue Note Records. The producer is Alfred Lyon, and the genre is Afro-Cuban, rumba, etc. Uh, equipped with a powerful spirit and slap, Sabu Martinez excelled as a session sideman for Blue Note Records, Art Bla- Blakely, and Dizzy Gillespie. This debut record introduces Sabu's own brand of Afro-Cuban music to a larger international audience. So before we begin, how many out of the four of us had heard this album before? Not I. No. I'd, okay. So hadn't zero. heard it, hadn't heard of it. Yeah, I hadn't heard of it, and I... Kind of listen to a lot of stuff in this genre, right? I mean, at least I, I look for it. Yeah, absolutely. So, what what did we think? Go ahead. I think that I could distill this record down into a four song EP that I would really dig. Okay, is my opinion. I tend to agree I with that. Agree. Um, I it's in my wheelhouse, and when I first started listening to it. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling this. Especially it was really, like, raspy, crazy, scratchy vocals when he's doing the lead, um, or whoever that is. And But then I started to sort of uh, lose interest and started to realize that my favorite records that are similar, in my opinion, I, were, were stronger. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting that, you know, this was sort of propelled this to you said international fame, but it's it's the rawest of this sort of style that I've I've ever heard, other than like almost field recordings, you know, basically. Like mm-hmm. there there are some some songs that are, are more uh, uh, I guess polished sounding, mm-hmm. at least from a, a Western standpoint, but um, a lot of it is is this raspy, yeah, raw yelling over a bunch of congos congos and, and bongos and uh, which i enjoy i mean the the, the rhythmic percussion is awesome the ferocity mm-hmm. and, and the, the the rhythms and everything are, are really engaging but i also have a hard time kind of putting it into other perspective and and um i really the songs that i really connected with were the ones that had any kind of melodic instrument in the ensemble <laughs> Like a guitar, the guitar. Sometimes mm-hmm. the guitar leads are really cool, 
And while I have like a lot of opinions about the recording of yeah. this, like when the when the guitar would come in with like a one note lead, mm-hmm. like just doing exactly what you're saying, those parts were amazing. And <clears throat> I read what I forget the name of this guitar, but uh, it's three doubled strings. Yeah. So I was like, here. I was trying to figure out what it was because at moments it, it sounded like a. The, like almost like a baritone up on a high string. It's called the Trace. It's a Cuban oh, yeah. folk guitar with three double up strings. Yeah. Wow. Because it sounded so cool. Mm-hmm. The songs with that Trace guitar, I could listen to that all day. Like it's it's like chocolate and peanut butter. The songs where it's just just rhythm, and you know I'm a I'm a drummer, but the song, like the songs where it's just rhythm and and shouting, sometimes shouting. Yeah. I don't say I, I wouldn't say I, I don't want any of it, but it, I don't think it needs to be more than half the album, and I don't think it needs to be the longest songs on the album. Yeah, the the thing about the that though, the Congo and sort of this Afro-Cuban style is that 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 rhythm that you almost get in a trance. Yeah. So I kind of understand having a bit longer songs. Um, personally, I, I'm yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you though. I wasn't so into this album. Um, it didn't yeah. trance me out in the same way like yeah. a Timbale record. Like, but, but I think, and I actually liked <clears throat> a lot of the like the fourth song. It was just Congo drums, and I I kind of liked that, that song um, more than. Uh, the second, which was like a call and response song. I like the which, second one. Which seemed, that's funny. Yeah. So I was not so much into the call and response. It just seemed a little off to me. Like they weren't in, uh, how did I put it? It, it was kind of like, uh, it didn't feel as poetic. Like mm-hmm. they, they weren't like right on top of like how, how that interjected. Um, but, you know, maybe that's just me. And I like sort of the more trancey elements of the, of the um, conga drums. My biggest opinion of the whole record was centered around that idea, which is that the, the call and response, the background vocals, yeah. were so trebly and so loud that I found them jarring at times in a yeah. way that I think they were attempting to simulate like a, a live feel of yeah. being with you know the drums and with yeah. all you know all this stuff trying to be in the dance and right. the people shouting. And, right. But I think in the end. Uh, be- something about the way that they're singing and the um, the high volume of it, yeah, it sort of pulls you out of the pulsing of the. Yeah, did anybody else feel that that way? I I, gonna, I really felt that way I'm, that it was like somehow in the mix. Part of us put that into context little, a little bit because this is still what you know 1957 and you know technology isn't the greatest and this sure. is, this is not something that had been probably you know recorded on this this level much not a big at, budget at right all. yeah yeah so you know there are certain uh, concessions to, concessions you have to forgive them oh, it was amount. Blue Note though right. It was Blue Note. Blue Note was an established yeah. label at the time. Uh, that's, that's a um, fair point. But I think I mean, it was a choice. You, you think a lot of those those old jazz albums as well, like the, the trumpet is 
blaring way higher in the mix than any of the other instruments, and that, that's still jarring. I'm yeah, my favorite jazz albums, like I have to turn down the tr- you know when the, the <clears> trumpet solo <throat> comes on just because it's it's so high and and piercing compared to the rest of the mix. So. Yeah, this one really stuck out for me though. Like I I actually like. I'm a fan of aggressive mixing, yeah. where something is just put way on top, um, just to showcase it. Um, I think this is a choice to create a live feeling, and it, it just took away from the rhythm for me. And the rhythm is king on this yeah. record, you know? Yeah, yeah, that was I that mean, was the weird part, is that, that trance, that rhythm was like so low and then like some of the vocals were so high. They fought with each I, other. I did listen with headphones, which I always do, and Sabu is um, on the left side and the response is in the right, so it's going back and forth, which I which I thought was that's a, cool. a good choice. Yeah. yeah, it was really cool. Um, it was more effective in the headphones hearing. Yeah, that, I would say it's more, more effective more of having this like, uh, you know, very centered like, oh, it's coming out of the speaker, it's coming out, of the, you know, that that call and response. For um, me, uh, you know, like that yeah. definitely the. The, <laughs> the standout songs for me, like I said, were the ones with the melody. Like the first song, El Cubanchero. I think it's the best. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Probably. I like that in the third one. Though. Yeah, the third one, I wrote it down, uh, uh, Chauferita Plena. Yeah. And at that point, you know, three or four songs into the record, the songs of melody are stand, are like standing out in a good way. And the songs that were just rhythm, for better or for worse... You know, like, I was listening to it while I was working, and it was kind of like a whole song would go by without really, like, grabbing my attention that much, which is a bit of the nature of a song that's just rhythm. Until we got to the fifth song, Simba, uh, which is also just one of the just conga call and response, a lot of shouting. Yeah. That one actually made me stop what I was doing. It was kind of my breaking point for like it has that piercing metal sound <laughs> that comes in and it's like he's he's not quite it's like he's good at the rhythm but it's like something about it is that piercing metal sound that like is a repeating thing and I was just kind of like aggressive. I was just like I don't know and this. you know like like I I do not speak anywhere near fluent Spanish I don't even speak poor yeah. Spanish so the song very well could have been telling a story. It's called Simba. Yeah. But I don't know if it was part of a storytelling uh, technique or what, but there's parts in the middle where like kind of everything would stop and they would just scream. Yeah. And yeah. It's when I, his dad gets killed. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> when Mufasa dies. I don't need that. And what is it having actually to do with the music and, and the, right? The but comp- it's an album, the composition. No, I, well, and I, I, I mean, even if everything stopped and he screamed and it was mixed well, 
I think I'd still have the same. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's funny because like I, I didn't dislike the album. I just think it could have been better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, I think that's, I think that's just where it sounds like what anybody who's criticizing this record has to say about it. I mean, there are gonna be records that we do that we're just gonna be like, I despise this. You know, that's yeah. gonna happen. Yeah. There's gonna be records that just they don't mm. person we don't personally like them. But this yeah. one to me. I, th- I just think it was uh, the, the recording made it challenging, and the arrangements made it challenging yeah. at times. And when it's it, on, it's on. It, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It, it seems more like a live. They they're trying to go for that live feel. Yeah, if we were feel. just there, I bet we would have loved it. Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know. But it but having the you know this is kind of set in stone. It, it it's. We're talking about albums. Yeah. We're talking about albums that yeah. can't be missed. Yeah. Sure. I didn't think this was that strong an offering when it comes to that, but I but I think that I am interested in looking more at this group and seeing what else is they have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would definitely like to hear some recordings that he is a session musician on. Yeah. I, I like his kunga playing. Yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah. I guess maybe I'm, either I'm being more forgiving of the recording or I I just. Gravitate toward these sorts of raw yeah. types of recordings, but I raw. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, 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 it sounds like I'm in the minority in this in this group. But I, I, I just this I case? ultimately yeah. really really enjoyed this album. And You're allowed to like it. Partly, no, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not apologizing. I'm just yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It, it, I, I, you know, just uh, sort of processing all this and hearing everyone else's yeah. feedback. I think you know, in spite of all that, and maybe even because of some elements of that rawness mm-hmm. uh, it it stands out and, sure. and it's an an early example of this in this context yeah uh, and, and, and i like to do i just so, didn't love it so mm-hmm. that is that could you know be speak for itself is just how much of this music was around and introduced to to people and this it, maybe yeah, this is an album that's kind of time and time and place that it really brought something new invigorating I found myself people. thinking, yeah. yeah, like 1957 or was that the year? Yeah. Um, uh, I'm imagining people in 1957 hearing this and just being like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and that's that, at my, the moments I liked it the most was when I thought about how like ethnic it sounds and how, you know, it's the 1950s. Like, I mean, I, if I was alive in the 1950s, I would have been starved for anything that was not the 1950s. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so like I would have been probably very into this um you know especially if i was a better dancer i would want you know yeah. i would this this music i definitely felt myself moving to it yeah and you know it's the kind of music that makes you want to shake your ass sure and i'm not i'm not a dancer yeah. but i always feel like i'm moving i find myself moving my body while this was playing and and i think that was you know yeah very i think the plus. Rhythm, i think the, we got the, carried the away was unmistakable yeah, and un- yeah. undeniable for sure yeah. we were nitpicking some like smaller detail just because we have an interest in this stuff but well, i think and also this guy replaced replaced a dude who was playing with dizzy gillespie which is a whole you know you have some influence of of this style in that music but it's also much more polished in a larger, yeah. more mainstream jazz context. Mm-hmm. Now you have just these raw elements yeah. just blasting, you know, in, in your in your ears, um, which is a little bit. It's, it is more jarring. I mean, there's there's yeah. no no question about that. But uh, that's that's, saying, the, that's so, not a negative for me either. Sabu is the original punk rock, the original Ramones. I, I didn't say that. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> uh, 
Good deal. All right, so sounds like we got kind of three that, I mean, where does where does this stand? Would we recommend this album? Is this a classic? Do we? I'd recommend it, tracks cool? from this album. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Yeah. I, would, the, I, think, I think it's worth a listen to anyone who, who likes. Yeah, that's the thing is maybe maybe we're just not, or myself is, is not into deeper cuts of like Afro-Cuban. I think, if, yeah, it's the sort of thing. It's like I put a song on a mix of similar music yeah. before I'd recommend the record. Yeah. Totally. Sure. Yeah, I, I yeah. probably wouldn't listen to the album as a whole on the regular and yeah. would probably more do that. But I, I still, I think I, I appreciate the, the album as, as a whole and, 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 mm. uh, and, and I did, did ultimately enjoy it. One of the one of the guitar solos I did have a issue with track six, where I kind of <laughs> I said that it it wanders around and around, no purpose, and it seems to be kind of just jamming. And for me, I have a lo- one in the harmonic minor. Very, like, very can, we, can we hear that? Yeah, yeah, very low tolerance for this like jam. There was kind one of song jamming. That had the exact same reaction but you, you can't apply the term jammy to something from 1957 in that same context. Uh, okay, wondering. How about how about uh, wa- wondering? I mean, we've been listening to a lot there, of there, jazz there, here, there. and you're going to hear Yeah. I mean, we're, I mean, if, if we're it's not a Miles Davis, see, like, the th- he does some of that on this very strong album. See, that, that's, that's the kind of thing, too, is is I've always felt like the, the way I would define jamming is uh, without purpose. Without direction. Without, yeah. With, I, don't, I don't think that's a fair dis, uh, without, definition of that term. I, well, I think that the term is used differently now. Than yes, it's, absolutely. It's used more as, as a derogatory pejorative. Okay, okay. Like, sorry, these, sorry. I didn't mean now. To, these to say These jazz that. sessions and these Afro-Cuban say, sessions... It's they were not, trying to expand music. Yeah, what is it yeah, if sure. it's not a jam? You sure. know? It's all, it was, I mean, the whole point was sure. you have your, your bass, your skeleton, and then you improvise yeah. From, yeah. from there. So let me, let me back that up. So instead of saying jamming, saying improvising with no real purpose. Arc. Or arc or without um, maybe the technical ability to visualize in your head and play what you are like trying to contribute it's like you come back to your old standards of kind of messing around and just meandering well, can, can we hear the yeah, song yeah, you're talking yeah, about gonna, and then we're gonna and do then, it because I, I i don't remember I, as he meanders and explores basically while he's doing like frankly some of the more creative stuff yeah um where he's really going out there yeah, I could listen really, to him meander and explore for he could go on for. And I think that's a personal preference thing. Yeah, I think that's like, just my personal man, preference. Like, like, I would have enjoyed Grady, you know, Grady being like more interested in that kind of uh, like non sequitur type music that where where people are exploring like a talent. I don't think non sequitur is the appropriate term. <laughs> there, no, I I was trying to think of the idea. It, it of, still makes sense. Non sequitur means it doesn't make sense. It still makes sense. It's just not necessarily in. A way that you're or we're used to this. Yeah, I wasn't thinking it was quite like that, but I mean, it was just the idea that you it's it's these um, sort of playful approach to the song where like you know they're not tied down to the structure, you know, um, as much. And I mean, like like for example, like you're saying when you're the only melodic instrument, you know, you can you can move around a lot. The world's your oyster. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I just it's it's funny. I love the first two minutes. (laughs) We wrapping this one up? Yeah, I think so. I think so. All right. Next time we will be talking about Miles Davis, Birth of Cool. Tune in.